0: Hey, I'm Dave Schools. I'm the co-creator of PartyQ's app. I'm thrilled to be with The App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, The App Guy.
1: Welcome to another episode of The App Guy podcast. I am your host. It's Paul Kemp. This is the show where I go around the world and get lots of wonderful guests so that we can learn from their journeys to inspire you to do something awesome with your life with your app uh, journey whatever the projects you're working on that that lead you to have a wonderful life and um, this is very relevant uh, this episode to app developers I know there's a lot of you listening uh, who develop your own apps and you're the technical side of your business and so to help us with um, the Understanding our users, which is uh, I think very important. I've I've reached out and uh, got a wonderful guest. His name is Zahi Busiba, and he is the CEO and co-founder of Appsee. That's Appsee, A P P S E E. Appsee, very related name, given this is the App Guy podcast. And Appsee helps developers uh, understand their users uh, through powerful visual in-app analytics, such as heat maps. We're going to find out all about Appsee, all about Zahi. Do stay tuned. Thank you, Zahi, for coming on the App Guy podcast.
0: Hi, Paul, thanks a lot for having me. Super excited to share my story and the AppGuy story on the Guy podcast.
1: Wonderful. So Zahi, uh, let's talk straight away with understanding the problem that you're trying to solve. You've uh, been in business now for a few years. I, I wondered, wh- what was the initial problem that you were trying to solve with AppSee?
0: So, actually, it's a funny story, Paul. So, exactly five (laughs) years ago, uh, myself and my co-founder, we actually decided to uh, develop our own mobile application. Um, uh, It was uh, around the peak times of Groupon and check-ins and coupons, and we wanted to create an app around that. The name of the app was ShopTalk. It was a, a mobile social commerce application. And we built it very quickly. took us around two or three months. Uh, We released it to the public. And we measured it with the available analytics solutions that were uh, free at the time, uh, mainly Flurry and Google Analytics. And we saw that we're getting a decent number of downloads, but actually we got very low engagement with the app. We saw that most users only used the app once and never returned and we couldn't understand why. Uh, When we measured it, we saw that most of the users are not completing the super simple three-step onboarding process. Um, That's where we kind of hit a brick wall. We couldn't really understand what's preventing our users from completing. Again, it was like a three-tap, super, super easy process, in our opinion we couldn't understand why users aren't uh, completing that process so we started developing capabilities that would help us better understand what our users are actually doing inside the app Uh, we would actually take screenshots of every screen we would send them to the server and then we would actually look at screenshot after screenshot and see what users actually encounter and do inside the application now The amazing thing we found out, again, this is something we had no idea when we planned the process, is the first thing we asked for in the app was uh, location permissions. And it was our assumption at the time, again, this was five years ago, that everyone would approve their sharing their location. So uh, actually 70% of users did not confirm uh, their location, uh, sharing their location. And obviously, as you know, Uh, very sophisticated programmers, we show them a message. Please go to the settings screen and update your uh, location settings. Uh, And we actually saw that they went to the settings screen, uh, but they went to the app's settings screen and not to the phone's settings screen. So we saw a lot of screenshots of users actually getting confused, getting going to the app settings screen, trying to search for location settings. They weren't able to find what they're looking for and they left the app and never returned. So that's this was fascinating. like the
1: fascinating.
0: the really uh, uh, the first aha moment of, yeah, how, how does a simple user notification can actually be very confusing and you mean one thing and the user thinks another thing and that's why you're losing 50% of your users. Um, happily or sadly, uh, the app was not successful, uh, but we felt that we found that that we stumbled upon something that is really interesting. The ability to actually see what the user is doing inside the application. So that's how uh, AppSea eventually uh, came to be.
1: Yeah, you you reminded me, Zahi, of my conversation with the founder of Branch, which has almost an identical story to you, where the initial app um, failed, but what came out of it was an understanding of a real problem that needed to be solved. Um, So, uh, what, what happened then? You, you discovered that um, that this was a real problem. Well, how did you start Appsy, uh, like, to Talk us through the early stages then of like you had this aha moment, but how did you get that from aha to then a, a real business?
0: Yeah, so the, the, the early days were very, very challenging. So first of all, we're talking about two guys with some development experience, uh, basically new to the app world. Um Bootstrapping from the garage with two laptops. Um, again, the ShopTalk app kind of failed, and we set out to initially build what was called User VOD. We couldn't even afford a proper domain, so we bought the, dom- the first domain that was available in, and kind of in the area of what we were looking to do. Uh, User VOD was not a good name; it, g- it gave people connotations of an entertainment video streaming service while we were aiming for helping you see what your users are actually doing inside the app. Um, But we went ahead and built a very, very basic prototype. Again, like with zero funding, just us and our coding skills. Uh, We built a landing page. We had a very simple SDK that you would integrate into your iOS app. Initially, we only supported iOS. And a very simple dashboard, where you can actually see recordings of user sessions. At that point, we've advanced from the screenshots to an actual uh, video replay. And you would put the SDK, stick it inside your app, uh, and then you could watch recordings in the dashboard. Um, that was pretty much the only feature we had. And with that feature, we went to some, I would say, friends and people we knew uh, in Israel, in Tel Aviv, where we live, um, and offered them, to try out the, the solution, uh, we got some very nice feedbacks on, yeah, it actually works, but um, obviously it was very hard to scale. So I think uh, the most important thing we were able to achieve was actually a TechCrunch coverage at that point. Uh, you know, five years ago, uh, uh, everything new in the app industry got uh, a lot of coverage. So, and we were in an area that reporters sound interesting. And we were able to get a TechCrunch story. This was in July of uh, 2012. Um, and that was really our, our starting point. So we started getting like, hundreds of registrations to the website. Um, the SDK like, did what it's supposed to do, like work, it recorded user sessions, but the functionality was very, very, very limited. And on the other hand, there was no real business model we, behind it. So uh, it was just like a service. You can use it. didn't have any terms or pricing or anything around that. Um, and then customers or potential customers started asking us about, like, how much does it cost? And we actually had no idea how much to price it or how to price it. So we built out a very, I would say, simple uh pricing model. Uh, it started uh, with, uh, I would say, I think it was a, a thousand recordings for $19 uh, per month. Um, and a month later, we got our first paying customer, uh, which was, I think, one of the most uh, exciting uh, uh, events <laughs> in the in the company's history. $19, then went into our bank account from a PayPal transaction. Um, but we we understood that the product had very, very limited functionality. Because uh, if you're testing an app with 10 or 20 users and you have 50 or 60 user recordings where you can actually see what the user is doing remotely, that's fine. But what happens when you have 10,000 or 20,000 or 10 million users? So how do you make sense of all of those like thousands or tens of thousands or millions of recordings? And that's where the real concept of APSI started, uh, I would say, uh, uh, maturing. And at that point, uh, we were also able to, uh, um, uh, I would say, secure the very uh, basic funding to the company and also um, finalize the concepts of APSI that I'd be happy to, to cover.
1: Yeah, that's uh, I've learned so much from you on that piece alone. Uh, there's many people listening to this that come to the whole app world with an idea, and then they think it's about pitching that idea initially. But uh, what I love is the steps that you just took us through. You started with the problem, identifying the problem. Then you actually built a prototype. Then you um, shared that with friends and family and people in your network. And then you got some exposure which then led to uh, hundreds of registrations, and then your first paying customer, which is, uh, you know, a lot of companies don't even get a paying customer, um, you know, don't even think about that. And and then I guess that was a lot easier to raise funding uh, after showing those solid steps of progress.
0: Yes, definitely. When we when we finalized our funding round, uh, we had around ten paying customers, and the company was generating and and an astonishing amount of around $250 per month. (laughs) I know today it sounds funny, uh, but for us at the time, it looks like, hey, we're generating $250 per month. So uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, it's all in uh, uh, perspective now. But but, uh, to take the, the story a few steps forward, So um, I would say in early 2013, that's when we got our seed funding, a fairly small amount of uh, $800,000. And based on the dozens of users that have tried the the platform, uh, we indeed identified the major gap of just having a a list of video recordings is nice, but it's not enough. Uh, and, And indeed, that's when we've made the most significant leap of Understanding the real need here of the ability to create uh, an analytics suite that combines both analytics capabilities uh, and also the session replay capabilities, meaning that our customers will be able to create reports on questions they want answers for, for example, users that don't complete a certain process in the app, like an onboarding process, or users that only use the app once and never return, or users that experience a crash. And all of these questions will will be able to be answered visually by a sample set of recordings that demonstrate that specific behavior. And that, for us, was the major leap. in, in that stage, we actually went to, I would say, kind of a sleep mode for a few months. We realized that we didn't want to promote user VOD anymore. Uh, we wanted to basically kill the brand and kill the, the product we had. Um, but on the other hand, we wanted to continue an experiment with, with features. We wanted to make sure we were building the right thing. So we were adding very a very small number of features to user VOD while we were in parallel building the comprehensive uh, APSI platform, and this went for around nine months. And in October twenty thirteen, uh, with another TechCrunch coverage, we happily uh, launched APSI, the comprehensive platform. Uh, we announced the funding, and I'm guessing that's that's where the real story begins. Because up to up until to that point, it was all experimental. Uh, but after we launched, it was, uh, it was the focus was more on proving that there's a, there's a business here, that this is something that can scale for generating millions or tens of millions of, of dollars. And uh, at that point, the, the challenge kind of changed for us uh, and for me personally as the CEO and, and
1: co-founder. Well, this show is to inspire uh, everyone that anything is possible especially in the world of apps. And what I I kind of take as most inspirational is here's two guys working in a garage, (laughs) identifying a a problem, going through those steps we talked about. And with only, I mean, the $250 per month, it shows you that even the smallest amounts of uh, indicators to show that there's a potential market is enough to get that first uh, step on the funding. Uh, and then once you had the funding, I, I love the fact that you're one of the only guests, I think, that talk about running um, uh, something in parallel, testing with the uh, existing service whilst preparing the big launch of the full, full uh, service of APSI. Uh, and I think we can all learn from the way you've done that with, with our own projects. Uh, so that's us jump forward. Then you've got the launch. Uh, what can we learn from you uh, about the big launch then of AppSea? Uh, for instance? Did you appoint a a press company, a like PR company, or you know, talk us through how we can then learn from you about the launch? Yeah.
0: yeah. So actually, I think if we've done a lot of mistakes when we initially announced or launched user VOD, we've corrected a lot of the mistakes we've made. Uh, so first of all, indeed, we've hired a, an external PR firm that helped us with the pitch and with the story and how we want to uh, uh, approach the media. And we were also ready, I would say, from the commercial perspective. So the website had a proper pricing page; uh, you could pay online. Uh, we had our live chat support. We had our like our sales guys. So the entire operation, although we were Only five employees at that time, but the entire operation was ready to uh, to handle, hopefully, hundreds of registrations on potential customers that would come through uh, through the live press release. Um, So, happily, that was an important lesson that we've learned from the uh, user VOD launch. Uh, And indeed, in the first few days, we immediately, I think, we we close like an extra uh, one thousand or fifteen hundred dollars in new subscriptions. So we've done five x in one day or two on what we've done with uh, with uh, user VOD in like five months. Uh, so that was a definite, uh, a definite positive indicator for us that we've actually done something. We've uh, uh, done
1: something right. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah I was wondering I mean uh,
1: uh, what I'm learning from this is that uh, many of the uh, guests uh, that we've had on the show and listeners to the show they, they have had experiences of losing a, a lot of money and I feel like if more people took your steps where you have more uh, um, evidence that there is a market there you've tested uh, you've experimented and you, you know the price points you know the features that are the most compelling that there's less chance of losing investors' money when you actually take it.
0: I agree, but on the on the other hand, we had the privilege of working in the garage a year without any salary. Um, I personally, I must say, you know, it's a very challenging and emotional time because you know you're used to work as a developer making a decent salary and then a whole year, you don't have any income. You're eating up on your savings. You're running from one investor meeting to the other. Uh, at some point, you you definitely think of, hey, am I is is this the right thing? Like, you know, I could be uh, working. I go I go back and work as a developer and make a you know decent salary instead of running between meetings and hearing a lot of no's and maybes and let's talk again in a week. Um, so I think it it was very difficult, but on the other hand, uh, it kind of built the company structure we have now of like lean and uh, I would say experimental and did proving out something before we go ahead and throw a lot of money on it. On the other hand obviously, this approach has its disadvantages because you you you're it's a safer and slower approach, uh, so you move uh, say slower. Than a startup that has raised ten million dollars and now you know, spending a lot of money, uh, but I think in the in the in the in the long run and specifically in our industry, it has proven it so far as the, as the right strategy for us.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, Zahi, let's talk about just one thing there, which uh, is, uh, I think, on the minds of m- many of the apps to try l- listening to this, which is. Uh, the safety net of doing something like you've done, uh, having a, a runway and your own savings. And Mark Zuckerberg was giving a commencement speech recently from Facebook, and he said that entrep- entrepreneurs need a safety net. They need something to fall back on if it goes wrong. Um, but then I, I kind of feel like, on the other hand, that uh, the the thing that drives you is not having a safety net and not having a comfortable you know, salary, but, but driving to something bigger. Uh, what, what do you feel is the better way for entrepreneurs to find success?
0: I think there's a big, I think my personal problem was that it, there was a big gap between my expectations from the startup world to, to reality. Uh, when we initially opened the company and developed Chop Talk, the first thing we've done you know, we thought, hey, you know, we're going to de- develop something quickly for a few months. We're going to have amazing success. And, you know, in a year max, we're going to sit on a beach uh, drinking tequilas after someone has acquired us for uh, millions of dollars. Uh, and I think um, one of the most important things I, I learned during this journey is that when you start a company or a startup or anything, you're doing this, you, you have to understand this is a... A very, very long way. Like in the best, in the best case scenario that everything is, is, is actually going well, you're in a journey of, I would say a minimum of five years and an average of 10 years. So I think if you realize that once you go into that journey, um, then one year is actually not a lot of time. But if you are in the mindset that, Hey, I need to have very, very quick wins, then it's very, very difficult.
1: Yeah, Asahi, I was, um, we're talking about the most important lessons. You know, this app podcast is to try and get the genuine hard story of entrepreneurs. It's not easy. There's too much press that kind of talk about how easy it is to put an app on there and become a multimillionaire. And, settle on a remote island somewhere that you buy it's just so wrong and so many people get in and so over the years i've tried to um emphasize how hard it is and, and you were saying just how hard the whole process is and if you have that mindset before you go in then it's much easier so yeah let's just talk about this how hard it is
0: yeah so i think uh, as, as i mentioned what i've learned that this is not a sprint this is actually a marathon uh, so you need to understand it takes time. Um, I think if we would have known in advance what we know now we would have thought about doing the entire thing a hundred times more we would probably go ahead and do it again <laughs> but we simply didn't realize uh, how long of a journey it is. Um, I think one thing that helped us is that we we had a deadline in mind so we said if between twelve to fifteen months we're not able to, you know, have this thing, say, lift off the ground in a positive way, then we'll go back to our day jobs. Um, and because we set that deadline uh, ahead of time, um, then after six months we were still pretty relaxed because we knew we had enough time to complete the the process that we started. So I think everyone or anyone who's actually starting something new, you should have uh, something set out for yourself um, and say you decided for the next year you can work on the project uh, without the need to uh, you know deviate from course
1: yeah and how important was it to have a co-founder that had your same values and and worked alongside you
0: i think that's probably the single most important thing First of all my co-founder and myself we've known each other for for 10 years we've been uh very good friends uh that can also that can also be a potential risk to the friendship in case that there are conflicts and disagreements but in our case because we knew each other so well we knew we can work together and we can uh, make big decisions together i think the one very big test we had together we actually spent a month in south america together traveling together and it gave us a very good opportunity to get to know each other and obviously the most important thing is support i know it's a cliche everyone says that startups are a roller coaster an emotional roller coaster that's especially true for this for the first year there's so many uh, uncertainties um so um you have to have someone to support you and it's obviously mutual like he has his high times and low times You have your high times and low times, and you have to be there for one another. Um, But I think finding and choosing uh, the right co-founder is probably the single most important decision you're going to make in the company's history.
1: Yeah, and just in the last few minutes we have, I'm really interested to know if you had spent this last five years on the same course um, working as an employee, and not getting involved in the startups, the projects, working for zero money, bootstrapping, all that stuff. Do you think that you would um, you would have learnt more as an employee, or do you feel this journey has been worth it?
0: So that's a hard no. I mean, the things I've personally learned about business, about people, about building things uh, are, I think, invaluable. Really was a journey that changed my life. Um, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, and again, another cliche, but again, at the end, it's all about the journey and not on the, not about the, the final outcome. Um, and the, the amazing thing that in every part of the road, you have different challenges. So in the beginning, it's finding the idea. And then getting funding, and then launch, and then get your first customer, and then hire employees, and then have another fund, and then you have so many different things that are happening constantly. And every time there's a new challenge, which is usually bigger than the previous one. So once you reach ten thousand dollars of revenue, you want to hit a hundred thousand, and then you want to hit one million, and then you want to hit ten million. And every milestone has its own completely different set of challenges. So it's constantly evolving, constantly challenging, and if you compare it to again a standard day-to-day job, which has it again its advantages, <laughs> like uh, when you when you take a shower, when you go to sleep, you're you you have less thoughts and 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 worries. But um, again, personally, I think I've developed tremendously as an entrepreneur and as a person uh, as a result of the amazing journey we started five years ago
1: yeah which is about the same time as when i started this podcast and i don't i feel like this has changed my life more than any employment in my history so it's wonderful to meet like-minded people so zahi as we wrap this up then i would love to know how can we get people to to sign up who are the um perfect audience for you then to be to be looking at apse and 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 testing and testing it out Great question,
0: Paul. So basically, I think today, people—when I say people, I say end users—they have a very low uh, tolerance threshold. Uh, I think today, when you use a new app, you probably have, like the developers have, 10 to 15 seconds of grace. If the user doesn't get it or is not like getting a smooth experience, then it's you know you're not gonna see that user again. I think today developers and app owners should be super, super focused on understanding how their users experience the app. That's exactly where Appsy comes into play with, with the session replay, heat mapping, and visual analytics capabilities. Uh, we have a fully functional 30-day free trial on our website. So anyone can go into appsi.com, create a free, a free account, integrate the SDK. It just takes a minute and then they can instantly gain insights on how their users are using the app. A Typical course of action is that the developer would integrate apps into the testing or QA environment, and then would include apps in the next release and can gain, uh, again, insights on how the users really use the app, not only from the quantitative perspective, but more importantly, from the qualitative side of things. Uh, after that, we do offer some uh, affordable plans for uh, small startups, small companies, and even indie developers. Uh, and our goal, at the end of the day, is to help companies and individuals build better apps. That's that's why we're here for. And uh, uh, and and we're Apps is really the expert I would say in user experience analytics today. We have hundreds of customers globally, uh, ranging from Fortune 500 companies to uh, uh, bootstrapping individuals. Uh, so we really serve the wide range of, of uh, the app development spectrum.
1: Wonderful. And how best can people reach out to you and connect? What's the best way of getting in touch?
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm available 24-7 through my email at com. So for any question or issue, please feel free to contact me directly. There's obviously also our website at appsy.com that contains all the relevant information and allows you to to start the free trial. But uh, again, for all the AppGuy podcast listeners, please feel free to contact me directly and I'll be happy to assist with any query or
1: issue. That's totally inspirational. Thanks for that. So that's Zahi, Z-A-H-I. For anyone listening, Zahi at at appsy.com. Zahi, what a wonderful journey. It reminds me of how... I love doing this show, meeting people like yourself and, and getting totally inspired. So thanks for sharing your awesome journey and coming on the show. And I look forward to uh, seeing uh, how uh, Apsy grows and takes over the world. So thanks a lot.
0: Thank you very much, Paul. Thank you for having me. It was a true pleasure.